Hey, Fidelity. How can I remember to invest every month? With the Fidelity app, you can choose a schedule and set up recurring investments in stocks and ETFs. Huh, that sounds easier than I thought. You got this. Yeah, I do. Now, where did I put my keys? You will find them where you left them. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Imagine you're on a John Deere mower. With a smooth ride, intuitive controls, and attachments for every season. You just have to get in the seat. Learn more at johndeere.com slash get in the seat or visit a dealer near you. Hello, my friends. You're listening to the Money Girl Podcast. My name is Laura Adams. I'm a personal finance expert and award-winning author based in Austin, Texas. And it is a hot summer here in Austin, I can tell you that. Well, today we are talking about financial accounts that you need to live a richer life. This might seem like a really basic topic, but we all need these accounts as structure in our financial lives. I think having a healthy financial life means that you manage money wisely in the present, but that you're also prepared for the future. And a key to making that happen is having the right financial accounts in place. This show is for everyone who wants to maximize financial accounts to their advantage. And they're really just tools that make success inevitable because they allow you to make more money, save more money, and also create safety nets. And in this podcast, I'm going to review seven accounts that most individuals and families should have to stay organized, pay for unexpected expenses fun long-term goals, and build wealth. You'll find notes for this and every show and the full archive of podcasts in the Money Girl section at quickanddirtytips.com. And stay tuned at the end of the show. I have a special invitation for you. This is episode number 551, seven financial accounts you need for a richer life. All right, you know I don't like to waste time, so let's get to it. The first account is a checking account. Now, while this might seem really basic, according to an FDIC survey, 7% of American homes, that's 9 million households, don't have a checking account. This is a problem because carrying and keeping large amounts of cash just isn't safe. If it's stolen, lost, or maybe destroyed in a fire or flood, you cannot get your money back. Even if you've got home insurance or renter's insurance, it typically does not cover cash. Instead, everyone should be using a checking account with a bank or a credit union. Think of your checking account as the grand central station for your cash flow. All your sources of income go in and all of your expenses and allocations go out. Centralizing everything in one place is really important so that you can get a handle on it. And I'd also say if you have a spouse or a partner, you might want to have additional checking accounts so that each of you can spend a certain amount of money any way you like. That's not how I manage money. My husband and I put everything in joint accounts. We have total transparency with our money. But I realize that a lot of couples do like to have a separate account so they've got a little bit of money that they feel that they've got autonomy over and some independence with that money. So use an institution that offers free services like online banking, 
online bill pay, and unlimited transfers so that you can streamline your money management. The best thing to do is to link up your checking to some type of personal finance software or app. There are so many good ones out there right now. I love Quicken. There's Mint. These are just a few of the services that can easily track your spending and help you stick to a budget. Otherwise, you're just stuck with a manual system that can be pretty difficult and time-consuming to manage. A podcast listener named KG says, Per your advice, I have $15,000 for emergency stashed away in the bank, but it only earns a few cents in interest per month. I've seen a few banks offer large bonuses if you open an account, deposit new money, and satisfy a few other conditions. Is there any downside to opening these accounts, grabbing that free promo cash, and then closing the account once the conditions are met? Thanks for your question, KG. Using a reward checking account is actually a really great way to make your money work harder for you. Many pay an annual percentage rate that could be as high as 2% or 3% on all or a portion of your balance when you meet certain qualifications. Those qualifications are typically pretty easy to meet. It could be something like having to make a minimum number of debit card purchases per month, having at least one direct deposit into the account and signing up for digital statements. Those are requirements because they save the bank money and that's what allows them to pay you a higher interest rate than normal. And if you don't meet the requirements, you still earn interest, but it's typically at a fraction of the rate that they're offering in the promotion. So I would say that other than the hassle of switching banks, there's no downside to taking advantage of reward checking promotions and you can keep them for as short a period or as long a period a time as you want. The second financial account that you need is a credit card. Most Americans have an average of two to four credit cards. I have more than that. I have, I think, six personal cards right now and one business card. They're spread out across all of the major brands, Visa, MasterCard, Discover, and American Express. I use credit cards really strategically. So for instance, I get cash back rewards on my American Express, but I like to have other cards in the mix because American Express isn't accepted at some places or even in some countries. I have an Amazon Prime Visa that gives me 5% back on all my purchases at amazon.com, and I use that card just for those Amazon purchases. If you travel overseas or you make purchases from merchants outside of the United States, you probably need a card that doesn't charge foreign transaction fees. So I want you to consider how different cards can help you achieve your financial goals, like saving money on purchases that you're making regularly. Your online purchases should only be made with a credit card. Do not use a debit card online. Those come with unlimited liability. A cyber criminal can empty your bank account instantly if they get a hold of your debit card information. But on the other hand, if it's just your credit card that's compromised, the most you would ever have to pay is $50. So using only credit cards is the safe way to go when we're talking about shopping online. 
And as far as the right number of cards to have, that's a question I get a lot, and there really is no right answer. But I would say that I recommend having at least two credit cards so that you have a backup if something goes wrong with one of your cards. And you can have as many as you feel comfortable managing, and that will benefit your financial life. Now, that being said, I definitely recommend paying your credit cards off in full every single month. That way you get to use the card for free and just take advantage of all the rewards. But if you're not somebody that can do that, if you tend to abuse credit cards or just open a card and then max it out, that's not responsible use of credit cards, and I would not recommend that you have one. But I'm going to assume that you are financially disciplined and you've got the ability to really manage those well. And if you do that, they can definitely work to your advantage. The third account that you need is a savings account. While checking accounts come with unlimited transactions, that's not the case with a savings account. With a savings, you can make as many deposits as you like, but you're typically limited to six withdrawals per month. Savings are the perfect place to stash your money for short-term goals like taking a vacation, saving for the holidays, or maybe buying a car. And you might also have multiple savings accounts for different purposes. So maybe you have one account that's just for your holiday gifts and another savings account that's just for your vacation. A savings account is also the best place for your emergency fund, which is a financial safety net that everyone should have. You have an emergency fund, right? Tell me that you do. I want you to think about your emergency money as insurance against life's unexpected expenses, like a big car repair bill, a last-minute plane ticket, or being suddenly out of work. I want you to figure out how much you spend each month on your necessities and bills. Then take that number and multiply it by three for three months. That's the minimum amount that you need to keep on hand and never, ever touch, except in the case of a true dire emergency. Keeping your emergency funds in savings also separates it from the rest of your money and it can earn more interest than you can in a regular checking account. While it can be tempting to invest your emergency money, especially as you accumulate bigger and bigger balances, I don't recommend it. I want you to keep that bucket of money completely safe from risk so that the full amount is there when you need it. Now, if you've got like years worth of emergency savings, yes, I would recommend that you invest some of it. But if you've just got three to six months worth on hand, keep that safe. If you invested it, the markets could drop and it could lose value the moment that you have an emergency. You can open a savings account at the same place as you're checking, or you can use a different institution. Consider a high-yield savings that pays more interest than a typical savings. And I've got a resource that compares a variety of high-yield savings accounts that you're free to download. It's called the Online Bank Comparison Chart. You can get it by texting me. Text the phrase bank online with no space. That's bank online with no space to the number 33444. Okay, the fourth financial account you need is a retirement account. In addition to having the right banking accounts and products, everyone should use a tax advantage retirement account to invest money on a regular basis for retirement. Even if you say, well, Laura, I'm just going to work until the day I die or I'll never retire, you may not physically or mentally be able to do that. 
And don't rely on Social Security either. It certainly will be there in some amount to help you pay your bills. But the average payout is just a little over $1,000 a month. To be comfortable, you need your own investments to fund retirement. And retirement can last decades after you stop working. Since retirement accounts cut your taxes, they are so great because they allow you to contribute and accumulate more and accumulate it faster. The most popular retirement accounts are offered by employers. You've probably heard of a 401k, 403b, or a 457 plan. Many companies include matching benefits, which pays you additional contributions when you invest your own money. But if you don't have a job that offers a retirement plan or maybe you're self-employed, don't worry. There are lots of accounts for you as well. Just about everybody qualifies for an IRA, which stands for Individual Retirement Arrangement. And if you work for yourself, there are special accounts for the self-employed, such as a SEP IRA or a solo 401k. You might even qualify to use more than one of these terrific accounts. And by the way, if you want to learn more about them, I've done podcasts about all of these retirement accounts. You can go to quickanddirtytips.com and just type in retirement account in the search bar and you'll get all kinds of information. Just be sure that any money you put into a retirement account, you're not going to need before the official retirement age of 59 and a half. If you take money out before that age, it's called an early withdrawal, and it typically comes with a 10% penalty in addition to income tax on any amounts that were not previously taxed. And by the way, if you want some more information about the pros and cons of different types of retirement accounts, I've got another free download that you might be interested in called the Retirement Account Comparison Chart. It's a one-page resource that outlines the most popular types of accounts, and it really clarifies the differences between them. To get that resource, just text RETIRE, R-E-T-I-R-E, to the number 33444. This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs. And the small dogs, who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Hey there, I want to tell you about one of my favorite podcasts, Freakonomics Radio. Every week, host and best-selling author Stephen Dubner dives into the hidden side of business, economics, and so much more. He interviews CEOs, historians, and Nobel laureates to explore all kinds of topics, like why the best employees can make the worst bosses, and how whales went from being economic engines to environmental icons. If you're a curious person looking to better understand the world around you, you'll find everything you're looking for on Freakonomics Radio. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.
All right, our fifth financial account is a brokerage account. A podcast listener named Natasha C. says, It seems like life can throw so much your way, and it would make sense to invest in a non-retirement account so you don't have to pay an early withdrawal penalty if you need your money for an emergency. Do you think there's any benefit to investing without using a retirement account? Awesome question, Natasha. Thank you for sending it in. Retirement accounts do penalize you for taking early withdrawals, and they do that for a reason, so you will not touch the money until retirement. However, I know that you may not like that and that there are situations where you might need to tap that money. So I want you to consider using a Roth IRA. With a Roth, you put in after-tax contributions, and those can be withdrawn at any time without penalty. Now, you cannot withdraw the earnings in the account penalty-free, but all of those after-tax contributions can easily be tapped. So I would recommend that you take a look at that, Natasha. And if anybody else listening is worried about the same thing, take a look at a Roth IRA. You might want to go back and listen to podcast number 530 called Seven Simple Reasons to Invest in a Roth IRA or Roth 401k. My recommendation is to max out at least one retirement account every year and to also have emergency savings in the bank. If you accomplish those key financial goals and you still have more money to invest, that's when I want you to use a regular investing or brokerage account. You can contribute an unlimited amount each year to a brokerage and then withdraw the money at any time without penalty. But the downside to a brokerage is that you're going to owe tax each year on the gains in your account. Not getting tax breaks doesn't make using a brokerage a bad idea. It's simply less tax efficient and more expensive compared to the benefits that you get from investing through a retirement account. Our sixth account is a health savings account, or HSA. An HSA is a special account that I've talked about before on the show. It allows you to pay qualified medical expenses on a pre-tax basis. But the deal with this is that you have to first be enrolled in an HSA-qualified health insurance plan called a high-deductible health plan. And you can buy that on your own or through an employer. Health insurance with a high-deductible reduces the monthly premium and therefore becomes a little bit more affordable, and these plans are getting more popular. But I want to say that they are not the right choice for everyone. They work best when you're in relatively good health and you're not likely to spend that full deductible each year going to the doctor. But if it is a good choice for you, you can pair it with an HSA. And the beauty of this account is that contributions are deductible on your tax return, even if you don't itemize. Your savings can earn interest in the account or even grow in investments, such as mutual funds. And distributions of contributions and earnings are completely tax-free, as long as you spend them on qualified, unreimbursed medical expenses. Depending on your income tax rate, using an HSA could give you a 20 to 30% discount on medical expenses. You're buying them on a pre-tax basis. And the allowable expenses include a wide range of costs that you might incur until you meet your annual deductible, or some that simply are not covered by your health plan. 
Just like with a retirement account, you should never put money into an HSA that you might need for everyday expenses. Withdrawals that you spend on non-qualified expenses are subject to income tax plus a hefty 20% penalty. Additionally, after your 65th birthday, you can spend HSA funds any way you like. If you use them for non-qualified expenses, such as everyday living expenses or travel, you'll owe ordinary tax, but you get to skip that penalty. In other words, an HSA that you keep long enough will eventually mimic a traditional retirement account. That's a great reason to max it out every year, even if you don't expect many medical expenses. If you qualify for an HSA, they're available at many banks, credit unions, brokerages, and specialty institutions. And if you want to learn more about HSAs, I created an HSA cheat sheet where you can find out all of the rules and find the best places to open your account. To get this resource, just text HSA tool, H-S-A-T-O-O-L, no space to the number 33444. Okay, our final financial account is a 529 college savings account. A 529 plan is another tax-advantaged account that allows you to save and invest for education expenses. You make contributions that can be withdrawn tax-free to pay for qualified education costs for you, a child, or another member of your family. The funds can be spent at most accredited institutions like colleges, universities, graduate schools, vocational schools, and even at some foreign schools. You allocate 529 funds in a variety of investment options, and your earnings are exempt from tax when they're used for qualified education expenses. And that might include tuition, room and board, books, fees, and equipment. And starting in 2018, you can even spend up to $10,000 per year tax-free on education expenses for a younger child who attends either a private or a public school. The funds in a 529 plan belong to the owner, and they can only have one designated beneficiary who is or will be the student. And if you want to save for more than one child, you generally need to open an account for each of them. However, you can generally change a 529 beneficiary to another member of the family. Most states offer at least one 529 plan, and they may also give you a state income tax deduction or a credit for your contributions. However, 529 contributions cannot be deducted from federal income taxes. Everyone can use a 529 plan because there's no income limit, age limit, or annual contribution limit. Depending on the plan, there may be some lifetime contribution limits, but they're typically pretty large. In fact, they can be more than six figures per student. And an added benefit is that qualified withdrawals do not get factored as income in the calculation for financial aid. Just remember that if you spend 529 funds on non-qualified expenses, you will be subject to income tax plus a 10% penalty on the earnings portion. So you don't want to save more than you believe that you'll need to spend on the total cost of education. To sign up for a 529, you can go directly to the plan's website or use a financial advisor. All right, we covered a checking account, credit card account, savings account, retirement account, brokerage account, health savings account, and a 529 savings account. 
As I mentioned, you may not need all seven of these financial accounts right now, especially if you're just starting out or if you don't have kids, but I'll say that you probably need most of them. And the key to using all of these accounts is to automate them as much as possible. Make your savings, your investing, and even your payments to a credit card happen on autopilot. Before I go, I want to invite you to join me in my brand spanking new online class, Build Better Credit, the ultimate credit score repair guide. I am so excited to have this course ready for you. I know many of you want to build your credit and get all the money-saving benefits that come with it, like finally getting approved for more affordable, low-interest credit cards or loans. Imagine what you could accomplish if you could build better credit and not only save money on debt, but cut what you pay on things like auto insurance, home insurance, cell phones, utilities, and even improve your ability to rent an apartment or get hired. Your credit has ripple effects through your entire life. Building your credit improves your entire financial life by leaps and bounds. So if you wonder how the credit system really works, you can't seem to improve your credit, you feel stressed about debt, and you want the exact steps to fix your credit on your own, that's exactly what you'll come away able to do. So if you want to improve your credit, I want to help you. The sooner you get started, the sooner you'll have more money left over at the end of the month to finally get ahead and know that you're on the right path. To learn more, text credit course with no space to the number 33444. And I'll send you an email with a link for 60% off, or you can get that discount for a limited time at lauradadams.com. I hope to see you in class. That's all for now. I hope you're having a wonderful summer, and I'll talk to you next week. Courtesy of Money Girl, your guide to a richer life. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.